Welcome to the Pugilist Podcast presented by Hack Daniels Media, hosted by Mark Hack Daniels and Robert Meyer. We're bringing you all the fight action you can imagine. Everything you see, we see, we're bringing you commentary. Whether it be UFC, 1FC, PFL, Bellator, doesn't matter. If they're fighting, we're watching, we're talking about it. Thanks for sticking with us. Enjoy our episodes. Back on the Pugilist. What, uh, dude, little week on our picks, bro. We we did horrible up until uh, I think the co-main and the main event. Well, yeah, I think I mean, dude, if you were betting the underdog on the Max Holloway Calvin Cutter uh, card on ABC, you fucking a couple times over did well. So I'm just looking. I'm just looking at the main the main card. Um, prelims kind of are what they are. Those are almost always, in my opinion, fifty fifty, but. Our guy Disco, dude, just got straight wrecked. Like, yeah, he got he got smoked out pretty hard. And I thought it was funny that the the guy who beat him, Puna, was it was that Puna Puna Hale? Yeah, Puna Hale said that he like blacked out during the the barrage that put him away. Like he had no recollection of of what happened. Wow, that's some pure adrenaline. I mean, Disco showed like he showed exactly what we thought he would. He showed the stand up and his head movement was outrageous. But I almost feel like he just fell in love with it, you know. And this kid, this kid was head hunting. So I mean, yeah. oh, man. the 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 Hawaiian dude Soriano just I don't know he threw caution to the wind and just fucking went after it, you know. Well, yeah, that's what I love about these guys that are still young and and trying to make a name. You know, they still go, they still fight. Mm-hmm. They're not mm-hmm. they're, they're not they're not just fighting to win, man. These guys still got to make a name, you know. So yeah, it's surprising. I mean, I just thought um, this goes from an area where they tend to just be uh, really elite on their feet, and I'm not saying that he's not, um, but he definitely. I think uh, was a little arrogant or maybe took this kid lightly. I don't know. But this kid, Punahele, has definitely got some fucking cinder blocks in his hands, man. This yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize that, uh, that Punahele had uh, like a wrestling background too. Yeah. I was unaware of that. So the other surprise to me was uh, Joaquin Buckley getting put away and getting put away quick. Yeah, I, know was- I know he's been stopped before, but he seemed to really have some momentum. Um, yeah. I mean, he got stopped by Kevin Holland, you know, I mean, who's who's, top ranked middleweight now so i mean that's not that's not really a big deal right that kid's blasting through everybody so yeah but really yeah to for buckley you know having that knockout of the year and then getting another knockout and then coming into this fight and the guy he was fighting was on i think like a three fight losing streak you know yeah only to get head kicked and knocked out in the first round i mean that's like a perfect example of a hype train just fucking getting derailed oh yeah, oh, yeah. so yeah. i don't i don't know so then, uh, Jing Liang Li. I know you don't, you didn't care for him, but he actually no. he looked. He looked impressive. Um, so Ponzinibbio, I think he's been out of the game for a bit, dude. Like there was definitely some ring rust, I think, in there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, he said like two. I think the last time he actually got in the octagon was like 2018. I mean, yeah, 2018. So I mean, it's like a good, good two plus ish years, you know, out of there. So interesting. I still was not expecting that. Like, uh, I, you know, I believe in ring rust, but uh, I did not think that he was going to get knocked out cold by Jing Lang. Well, he looked good. I mean, I just don't like the way he carries himself personally. Um, yeah. But, well, I don't know, man. I don't even know what to expect from that kid, uh, Lee, because it's just like he's just all over the place. And when he loses, it looks like he's never even trained. You know, <laughs> <laughs> That's what I don't get about it, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. I, I, I hate seeing those like like Ponzinibbio had like a seven fight win streak. I hate seeing those come to a, like a crashing halt. You know, 
Well, just by, I, I don't mind when they get stopped. I, I don't like it when it's someone that like almost doesn't deserve to derail a fighter like that, you know? Like, do you think I mean, if Ponzinibbio didn't have a two year layoff, like, and, and those two fought in early 2019, do you think the result would have been the same? No, I don't think so. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't, I mean, I obviously, you know, there's puncher's chance and everything, and it's hard to discredit any of these guys who make it to the UFC. I mean, if you've made it that high, you're a killer for sure, you know? Yep. But yeah, there's, but there's still obviously just obvious disparities between some of these guys. So I don't know, man. Um, the Chinese fighters are up and coming, man. They're definitely people you have to watch. You got to watch out for them. And it's just interesting. Uh, the women seem to always show up and not so much the men. The men tend to be a little more spotty. That's uh, aside from this dude, though. I don't know too many like male Chinese fighters that are kind of making I think a name for themselves. The females or, are the ones that are the females for sure. There's one or two other guys that I, that I think I've seen. Um, but I, I also follow one championship on Instagram a lot. So that could, that could be a, a slight bleed over just kind of, mm. own, but um, you know, one championship is heavy, heavy on the Asian side, very much um, yeah. sort of replaced pride in a way uh, definitely focuses on, you know, Brandon Farah fights out there, but definitely focuses mm. on some of the lighter, um, lighter Asian fighters. So um, it could be some bleed over, but, I don't know, man. I just think uh, there it's a it's a sneaky region. I think where mixed martial arts is growing for sure. Um, but I didn't expect to see him do that. That's for sure. No, either did I. I was pretty shocked and pretty upset. Yeah. I have to be honest. So the Condit Brown fight pretty much went as expected. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I saw a lot of people online were pretty upset that um, of the thirty twenty seven. Judges scorecards. I'm not, I thought I, I definitely thought Brown did better than that, but I, I don't I don't know that he necessarily won. I thought a well, lot. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I 100 percent believe Carlos Conant should have won that fight, and I am totally okay with the 30-27 uh, for the simple fact that Matt Brown scored one takedown in the first round and did nothing from top position, whereas Conant was actively striking from the bottom. It was very similar to what you saw in the old school fight between boss Rudin and Kevin Randleman, Kevin Randleman was taken oh. down heavy. It got boss on his back, but boss was constantly throwing strikes. And that's exactly what Condit did. Yeah. Um, I thought the third round was, was probably the closest round between the two of them. Mm. Um, but yeah, you know, it was a, it was a good back and forth fight. I, I mean, even it, the, all the fighters know, don't leave it with the judges. Right. And I think we've seen plenty of, um, piss poor decisions to to suggest that it's just a terrible idea not to try to go in and knock one of these dudes heads off yeah i think you should be able to leave it to the judges though i think we just have the sport of mma just has a serious issue with they're just i feel like a lot of them, judging yeah the, well i mean there's just not enough that have been around mixed martial arts a lot of them come from boxing so i mean you know or that's the pedigree that they sort of grew up in so it's just it's different you know i think um they've had to go i've heard of like you know sort of like almost like seminars and stuff, you know, where they try to coach and educate, um, ref or, you know, judges, but yeah, you're yeah. right. I mean, the judges are there for a reason, obviously. Yeah. It's you know, and, it's, yeah. and when you get to, you know, I guess any level of mixed martial arts, you know, I mean, you're bound to go to a decision. If you go to a decision, you should have competent people judging the fights, understanding, you know, who should walk away as, as the victor. I don't, uh, I, I, I never liked that, you know, don't leave it to the hands of the judges. You know, that's, that's just promoter talk. Um, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I just don't, I don't, I like it to be 
decisive for me. You know, yeah. like I understand why there are decisions. I just, I just would rather it be no question, you know, mm-hmm. and, and oftentimes in decisions, you don't, it's not like necessarily totally obvious, you know, like, sure. Yeah. No, so I get what you're that's all. I just like to see the guys just outright win the fucking thing personally. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. And Matt Brown is not the type of fighter that's going to, you know, like, he is not going to look good in the, cause he gets tired. You know, the dude, the dude tends to, he obviously shows up and appears to be in great shape, but a lot of time he just, he's fighting on pure heart. So, I mean, that's not going to help you in the eyes of the judges at all. You know, and I think yeah, that yeah. definitely hurts him too. Yeah. I mean, he's 40 years old. He's, you know, had like 50 fucking pro fights. I mean, wars, you know, you go back to like the fight he had with like Eric Silva and you know, some of the other bouts he's had in the UFC. I mean, this dude's just, he's, he's a dog, you know, he's been in these massive dog fights and it's just, you know, you get to a point where you just, you can't do it anymore. You know, know, it's interesting. I didn't, I didn't know the background between these two. They've been trying to schedule this fight in 2013, kind of just like what you and I were talking about. Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize that there were, there was some, some back, uh, some like history there. And And yeah. And the, the video leading up to the fight, like kind of, kind of like alluded that, you know, Matt Brown needs to shit or get off the pot, you know, show up to the fucking fight and fight me, you know, and I'm not used to seeing that from Carlos. I was kind of surprised to see him respond that way to him. Hmm. Wonder I don't if know if he was, maybe he was just hyping the fight. I don't know. Could be. Uh, Carlos has never really struck me as like a big time talker kind of guy. No, not at all. Definitely like he's, a kind of a quiet assassin. He just goes in and sort of, yeah, what he's got to do. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, kinda, not, I, I know you like, I, I know you like him. I don't care for Condit personally. Why is that? I don't know. I just, he, I, I don't know. Maybe he's not hypey enough for me. I don't know. I don't know what it is about him. He's just different. I, I think he's a great fighter. I obviously I respect his, you know, he's just not one of my favorites. I mean, um, I, I see what people see in him. He just doesn't, he doesn't move the needle for me, man. I don't know. I, I liked kind of because he was just like, he also knocked out Dan Hardy. It hurt me. That I was liked, a perfect I liked, knockout. I, mean, I like Dan Hardy a lot. I guess I I should be like one of the best knockouts ever. It, it probably, I, I mean, definitely left. What was it? Le- left or right hook? It was a hook. He, he, yeah, they both threw life left hooks. That's right. And they both landed, but kind of had a little more turn. I think a little rotation in his fist right. and uh, landed flush, obviously. Yeah. That was a beautiful knockout. Yeah. I don't, like, I don't know, man. I don't know what it is about him that he just, does, for me, he just doesn't, he doesn't, move. there's a few guys like that. They just, you know, great fighters. Uh, just don't move the needle, man. I liked Condit because like if, if I'd ever wanted to be a professional fighter, like he, you know, like we had like the same physique when I was young and in shape and, uh, personality wise, I think it matches a bit too. I think Carlos is definitely, uh, more badass than I am, you know? No, but I mean, witty, funny, sort of, you know, sleeper assassin with your, with your wits, you know, maybe, yeah, you know what I mean? I, I just, I think, yeah, I don't know, dude, I get it. I totally get it. I get it. <laughs> I'm very much more of a Matt Brown, I think. Plus, kind of a handsome man. He's got a great beard. Got still has great hair at 36 years old. Like that hairline's not receding like like mine is. You know, I mean. Yeah, dude, I shaved my head. I just <laughs> fighting it. You know? I just took ownership on it. That dude could could have been a supermodel, and he, you know, he decided to be a fucking cool. UFC fighter. What's that dude's name? Joban. Joban. Alan. Alan. Joban. Joban. Yeah, he's a he's a model. He's yeah. a good looking guy too. Yeah, super handsome. Super. All right, man. Max Holloway and Calvin Cotter, dude, did not disappoint. Dude, what a crazy fucking fight. You know, I've just sort of downplayed this card. 
you know, I was like, man, really? Like, I, I didn't see this. I knew that particular fight was going to be good, but I didn't think the whole card would hold up, and it sure as fuck did. I definitely thought it was going to be a much more back-and-forth fight, but Max completely schooled him. I mean, Kelvin hung in there, right? Yeah, um, I, dude, I told him. We were, t- we were messaging, man. I thought he yeah. should have. I thought his corner probably should have stopped it at the fourth. I just thought it was, it was one of those fights where it was pretty obvious who was going to win because, I mean, Connor was – he was landing shots, and Max really – didn't show any sign of being affected by him. No, you know, no, like ever, ever, you know, and Calvin was throwing some heat, man. I mean, he definitely, he hit him with some shots. Like he hit him with some really sure. good shots. And, um, Max, uh, I've seen, you know, you've seen Max get wobbled in fights before, but he, he, he hung in, man. He did. You don't see other fighters fight like that. Like the way Max fights and the way he kind of, like the way he kind of clowned Ortega and what he did to Kelvin. I mean, you just, I can't think of any other fighters of, of recent that that do that, you know. Oh, like, definitely not. Definitely not over five rounds. No. Yeah. You know. I mean, that dude. He throws. He throws. Um. Like boxing level volume. Like, yeah. Like no one throws more. No one attempts more shots or throws more shots or lands more shots. I think than him. I think he was breaking records in this last fight and. You know, I, I could do without, like, I know he, he, like, talks and shit to, you know, obviously you can hear the commentators, but um, in between rounds, he's definitely called a shot before, which I think is cool. Mm-hmm. This, time, this time, I think he was, uh, you know, obviously he was having a moment, so you sort of get it, but, like, I, I could do without, like, the talk to the commentators and stuff, you know. Um, it's fired up, man. Yeah, I mean, I get it. This time it was, like, sort of his moment. It's a little different. Um, yeah. But I don't, I don't like that. I just would have rather seen him invest that energy and fucking – putting the kid down you know personally but yeah dude i just think even calvin's like what was it i think it was the fourth round he broke his nose i just feel like that didn't even need to happen man i just i think uh <laughs> you know what i mean i think that fifth round like i don't know dude i just didn't he took, he took a lot of unnecessary punishment i, I think I yeah like he did yeah i feel like it was pretty obvious uh you know at, at four rounds it was it was more than decided in my opinion uh the commentators were talking about it like hey man maybe you know let's think about this i mean kids like that are super tough and I have the utmost respect for it, but I want to see him fight again and again and again and again, you know, how many fights might it might have cost his career, you know, by taking that, those last two rounds. So, yeah, I don't think anybody can know. I don't, that's very subjective. I don't think you can um, quantify stuff like that, but sometimes you got to protect these kids from themselves, man. You know, I think Kelvin should take probably most of the year off. He'll probably get that. What do you think? He'll probably get that mandatory. uh, He'll get like a six month. Yeah. suspension i bet yeah they usually they usually um after a abuse like that they'll suspend them for a while yeah but you know what's crazy though is you know the way max fought that fight and some of the other performances max has had it just goes to show how good volkanovsky is too i said well i'm of the, i'm in the camp that max won that second fight yeah so am i and again a, another reason why especially when titles are on the line and you're talking about what is now probably the greatest featherweight uh, in the history of the division, you know, it's like, come on, man. Like, you know, you don't want to, you just wish they could just put each other away and just be done with it. Cause now like, you know, you know, the, you know, the rubber matches exist, but what are they going to fight best of five? I mean, that'd be ridiculous. You know, like, uh, I don't know, man. Like, I mean, with performance like that though, like I think Dana even said it in the post fight press conference, you know, sure, you, kinda, it, you, you have to, you know, it's like, you have to do that. Right. Yeah. It's just you like, give I mean, fight. Well, yeah, but I mean, Volkanovski's like beat him twice, you know, 
Whether yeah. whether you agree with the second decision or not, he's beat him twice. Generally speaking, like you're not even in the conversation anymore. You usually have to wait for the belt to change hands and get a shot at the next guy. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't fully agree with that. But also, like, you know, is it really the fight to make? Like mainstream fan interest probably is like the hardcore fans would will would dig. I think a third fight, mainstream kind of fair weather fans, not so much. Oh I, yeah, I a third fight I think will be great. It's just like you wonder, like you know. It doesn't necessarily set up as well as the first two. No, so, no. But I mean, I don't. But I mean, what if Max wins? Does he fight him a fourth time? <laughs> that depends. My, yeah, I guess it depends on how we, how he wins. You, you know? know, I don't know. I mean, I could I see think, like if if they did this third fight, and Max knocks Volkanovski out in the second round. Or yeah, whatever, the conversation's over. I they're think. not gonna. Yeah, that's it. Razor sharp decision. Razor close decision. Second fight. You know, um, I think arguably Max did incredible even in the first fight. You know, it wasn't like Volkanovski like totally blew him out of the water. Yeah. Um, you know, definitely the second fight, Max was way more in it, you know, but yeah, if man. they do a third fight and Max wins, I don't think even it, like even if it's like a if it's a close decision, I don't think I just, they'd give no. Volkanovski an immediate rematch to that. No, I don't they'd make Volk work his way back up. Well, yeah, I, I agree with that. I just don't think it would, you know, it holds the weight when Max is the challenger, not necessarily when Volkanovski. Yeah. I mean, Max, you know, he defended his title, what, three times before losing it. Um, he's arguably, you know, the greatest featherweight. Yeah. To grace uh, the UFC. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they, what they do. But, I mean, Ortega and Volkanovski are fighting, I think, in March. So it's going to be a while, you know, maybe. Yeah. Well, I think Max needs a heal from that too. Oh but yeah, dude. man. He looked, he, that's the best version of Max Holloway. We have ever seen make no mistake about it. He looked incredible. Yes, he did. I mean, yep. man. Yeah. It was amazing to watch. It's, it's crazy when people, when fighters like that come around, you know, and I'm, you know, I consider myself very lucky to live in a time where we get to watch people like Max Holloway perform and put on, put on fights like that. Yeah. All right, man, I'm kind of I've switched over a scotch. So I'm looking at this next uh, card coming up. Uh, obviously, Kiesa and Magni are the headliner. Again, weird, t- weird time, man. So everybody needs to pay attention to when this thing comes out. Like, you know, so I'm in Mountain Central time. So you're talking fights starting at like 7 a.m. tomorrow, bro. No, are you, are you serious? Yeah, like early, early prelims. And there's a lot of them. So that's for me in Mountain Central. So you guys, what, 8, 8 a.m. for you? Hold on, I need to fucking check. Lots of fights on the prelims. Lots of names. I don't know. Um, looks like there's another Figueredo coming up the ranks, though. Main card starts at 11 a.m. for me. Yeah, I'm looking at the prelims. So this is uh, 7 a.m. Main card, yeah, 10 a.m. for me. So, wow. All right, let's go over this main card, man. See, there's a, uh, definitely some names on here I'm not totally familiar with. Okay, first fight up is what? Larone Murphy versus Douglas Silva de Andrade. Do you know these guys? I've never, nope. I have no idea about these guys. Dude, the, this Douglas guy has fought like seven times in the UFC. In the UFC? <laughs> yeah. Really? He's fought Hennon Brow. He's beat Hennon Brow. He's fought Peter Yan, Marlon Vera, Rob Font. Okay, those are some big names. Yeah, big, big names. champ. I mean, yeah. So he beat Hennon, bro. Mm. Yeah, I have no what idea the, who this fucking dude is. So. 
Yeah, LaRoad Murphy, man. I'm, I don't know, dude. Dude, I'm telling you, some of these feeder, some of these uh, feeder kind of event, like, you know, they're they're doing tough, like, Brazil and tough, you know, Latin America. Like, they're breeding fighters, and a lot of time the American public doesn't even know about it, you know? Yeah, so Lerone like, Murphy, the miracle, is uh, he's fought twice in the UFC. Uh, one draw, one win. Hasn't lost yet. Uh, it's 9-0-1. Last fight was in July where he TKO'd uh, Ricardo Ramos in the first round. Mm-hmm. 29 years old from England. Interesting. Looks like a tough dude. He does. Uh, not. I don't fancy the English fighters. Really, I, I would go with Andrade on that one, probably. Just on, I don't know, man. I don't. I don't have a lot to go on here, but let's see. Ooh. Based on UFC experience, I think I gotta go with Andrade there. Andrade, I don't. It doesn't say what uh, what his credentials are as far as you know. Is he a multiple fucking Pan Am, you know, Jiu Jitsu World Champion or anything like that? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. You know. I'll just I'll go with the Englishman. Okay. Every now and again, there's some studs that come out of there. I like the English fighters. I've always been a fan of, of like UK as, fighters. I like them as strikers. I, I like them more in kickboxing and some of those sports. I mean, the wrestling tends to lag. I mean, I think they're coming along. But like Leon Edwards, as an example, doesn't yeah. do. He doesn't do anything for me personally. No, I like I mean, Leon. I don't, I don't care for him. I think Chimaev's going to send that kid to another organization personally. But it's, you know, it is what it is. If he beats Jemayev, you know, obviously my my opinion will change. But yeah. you know, I don't know. I, uh, I I like the Brits because of Bisping. It's all because of Bisping. I don't care for Bisping. I think he's a great commentator. I didn't care for him as a fighter. How dare the you? Only, the only English fighter that I really cared about was Dan Hardy. To be honest, I just loved the way he he was just sort of you know the way he earned himself. You like, the, you like that mohawk? I did. I just, I just think he, he promoted himself well. And if you know his backstory, he's like very much a, a, like a real martial artist. Like, you know, he's not like a, I don't know. Some of the English kids give off kind of that like street hooligan vibe, hooligan vibe, which I'm not in love with, but you know, yeah, I don't hate them. Just don't love them. They don't, they don't tend to move the needle for me. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I'm gonna go with uh, with Lerone via upset. I'm guessing that that'd be a pretty big upset. So I'm actually looking on the UFC website, and they they haven't posted their odds. Oh so no shit! I really have no idea. I don't like seeing the odds personally, anyways. But um, remind me, flyweight. What's flyweight for men? One twenty-five. Yep. Okay, so the next fight up is Matt Schnell. I know that name. Matt Schnell is a lieutenant in uh, the army. He's really? an army officer. Yep. And then so Tyson Nam. Yeah, and Tyson Nam is a, a tough, tough dude. Been around quite a while. Both ranked number nine for Schnell, number thirteen for Nam. Not a, not a highly, really highly touted division though. You don't, you don't see tons of flyweight fights. I don't think. I mean, what is it, Sergio, Sergio Pettis? I think he just went to Bellator. Did he? Followed, well, yeah. his, well, his brother to the PFL. Yeah. Yeah, both Pettis boys are out of the UFC now. Who do you like there, Price Schnell, Huh? I, I yeah, I mean, I mean, I I know his name, and I've definitely seen him fight. I don't I don't have a ton of recall on his fights, but I guess he, uh, had a great experience. I'd go with Snell. He was on a pretty good win streak up until uh, recently, so I think he's coming off a, a like KO loss. 
like for him to get back on track? Yeah, I would, you know, and you gotta, you gotta represent the, the military guys too. Yeah. I always, I'm, I agree. I'm pretty sure he's a fucking, uh, army officer. I might be, Oh no, Nope. Sorry. Totally wrong, dude. Um, where's, where's he from? Is he from, is he one of the Louisiana kids? Who match now? Yeah. That I don't know. I've, yeah, I don't know. I've seen a couple of his fights. Correction, Matt Schnell is not an army officer. I stand corrected. That's somebody that uh, I think is on either the Poirier McGregor card or on the undercard for this one. I like him anyways. I think he'll... Uh, I'm going to go with Tyson Nam. Fair enough. I like it. So we're, we're opposing picks on this one. Yeah. Roxanne Modafferi and uh, Vivian Araggio. Yeah, the happy warrior, Roxanne. Um I I don't know. She's a I'm, tough pick, bro. I I like her. I've always liked her. She's, she's just she's hard to pick. She's tough to pick because you never really know. Well, she's she, so she inconsistent. She yeah. you know she bounces back between win and loss and win and loss. I think that's been her career for like the past four years. Yeah. Um. And I think, and she's coming off a win, so I mean, it'd be safe to I guess assume that she would lose this fight, but. Uh, <sighs> I don't, I don't really go against Roxanne. I don't really. Yeah. It's weird, dude. It's like hard. It's hard to pick against her, but she, she definitely drops fights, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing, uh, Vivian Araggio is Brazilian. I'm basing this purely on last name. Yep. She is. Um, but that really doesn't mean much against Montefiore because she's an incredible grappler and a terrible striker. <laughs> so it's sort of, you know, it's sort of opposite. So, Vivian Arajo's, I mean, a lot of Brazilians tend to couple their jits with like some Muay Thai type stuff. So, or, or shoot the box as they call it. Right. So I don't know, man, I think I'll go with Vivian. Vivian's a pretty, pretty Roxanne's also, too. Roxanne's also older. Like she's definitely one of the older female fighters. Uh, yeah, she's almost 40. Like she, she was fighting and, and kind of, you know, trying to build, you know, women's mixed martial arts. She just doesn't have like the sort of marketable kind of, you know, she's weird. <laughs> like, I guess, she, like, I mean, she's a total dork, you know, yeah. she's, she's not, a nerdy fighter. Yeah. That's not Ronda Rousey, right? Ronda Rousey definitely had like, had kind of the total package, like marketability, uh, definitely some skill sets where Roxanne, um, is interesting character. Definitely. I like her definitely fun, but yeah, I'll go with Rajo on that one. You know, Roxanne, she's fought like fucking everybody though. I mean, she's fought like, like Terry well, LaRosa in, in multiple a times. times too, you know? So yeah, she's been all over the place. I don't know. I'm going to, I'm I'm just going to, I'm going to pull for uh, Roxanne. I'm going to say Roxanne uh, via decision. Uh, I definitely feel like that fight will go to decision. I don't think Roxanne's ever been, I don't, I, I don't, she, if she's been put away, it's not very often. So Roxanne, she's gotten knocked up by slams. Has she? Yeah, Sarah Kaufman knocked her out with a with a pretty gnarly slam back in Strike Force. Uh, I don't know, 2009, 2010 ish, and then I think she also got knocked out via slam on the Ultimate Fighter too. Hmm. That's entirely possible. I don't I don't have the recall on it, but all right, man, we're split so far on the main card here. Yeah, and I don't know these dudes, Ike Villanueva, and looks like Vinicius Moreira. Um, I've seen, I've seen Isaac fight before. That dude's like a banger. Um, pretty, pretty tough. What's that? Light heavyweight bout. Yep. Um, 
I like, I don't, I've never seen Vinicius. I don't think fight, but, uh, both guys are coming off. Uh, Isaac's on a two fight losing streak. Uh, Vinicius is on a three fight losing streak. So it's definitely a loser leave uh, town matchup. Right. Yeah. Um, but I like, I like Isaac in this one. I think Ike. Yeah. Hurricane Ike. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I feel you on it. I'm going with tattoos, man. Going with like, <laughs> that's all I can base. It. I got nothing on these guys, man. I really don't. I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't even recognize them. Normally that doesn't happen to me very often, but on this card, on this particular fight card, um, this is like, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. This is just like a plug in card almost aside from the main event. The main event totally makes sense, but these other guys, man, I really don't have much knowledge on them. Yeah, I mean, you know, they got a big roster. They got to give these guys slots, right? Yeah, I'm surprised. Like, you look at the prelim card. You know, the the headlining prelim fight is uh, Amari Akhmedov and Tom Breeze. Like, I feel like that should have been on the main card. And Ricky Simon, you know, or Ricky Simone, mm. he's on the prelim. He he probably should have been on the main card too. That dude's awesome. Well, based on based on what I'm seeing, I would agree because those are more. Um recognizable names in my opinion yeah interesting i don't know you know what we we should go back and and look though some of these fights may have been added uh to this card because they were postponed from the last card well you look at the prelim card the prelim card has a shit ton of fights on it they may have been just postponed a week fight island fight island does that you can see um where some of these things got you know postponed or whatever see and then this the second bout down from the main event, Warley Alves and what was it? <laughs> Lizez. So this Lizez kid is from uh, Abu Dhabi. No, he lives now. He lives out in Abu Dhabi, doesn't he? Oh, I don't know. They claim him. They claim him as a local kid, or, or I guess by local, maybe they just are referencing uh, Middle East. But he's a banger, dude. The kid is good. Um, he's just not really well known, so I would go with him. I think they're trying to build his pedigree. So he's he's a stand-up dude. Yeah, I mean he he took a fight. If I'm not mistaken, on the first run through the uh, on that first run through Fight Island, he was a, he was like the only local kid they got, and he took a he took a oh he is from Tunisia maybe maybe this might not be the same kid I'm thinking about. I think he lives out there though. Um, but yeah, he's a banger. I mean, he's called a sniper. I mean, the, the kid can fight. And Warley Elvis is a is a grappler. Striker versus grappler. Warley is the guy that uh, guillotine choked uh, Colby. Colby Covington. Yeah, he choked out Colby. Really? Yeah, he gave Colby his first uh, first loss, I think. Huh. Yep. Yeah. Um. Stats favor Munir. Taller by two inches. Four inch reach. Wow. I'm gonna go with Warley. All right. Well, I guess we're just not getting this card the same. <laughs> I like Lazette's. Morley uh, with uh, a heel hook. Awfully specific. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Lazette's uh, TKO second round. Okay. And then the main event, Michael Chiesa and Neil Magny, the one. Yeah, I, I don't care for either of these fighters. Magny, Magny, about? Magny's a veteran, though, isn't he? Dude, they're both vets, but Magny is like no, no, no. Uh, Magny was in the military, right? Oh, uh, that I don't know. Pretty sure Magny sure. was. 
Uh, let's check his Wikipedia page real quick. He is, he is also an army veteran. Yep. I don't care for either of them. What, what don't you there's, like about them? Uh, they're just both like very workmanlike, you know, not, you know, I, they're good. Fight, they're great fighters. Obviously there wouldn't be the main event, but, um, I, I'm not gonna lie, dude. I, I don't, I don't hate some of the hype. I just don't like the cringy shit. Like fucking triple C. I'm more, uh, I'm more. Well, these guys, these guys are like the total, complete opposite of Triple C. Well, yeah. So, like, if McGregor, if McGregor was like, McGregor is almost my line, where he's almost, he, I think he does it, he pushes it too much. So, if you could dial him down like two notches, that'd be like the perfect area for me of okay. like hype building, like Covington, way out of, way off the charts, almost like a Masvidal. I really like a Masvidal. Very confident, very boisterous, like, but not like it's not so bad that like when he gets when he gets beat like a kobe covington you're like jesus dude what were you even thinking about sure you're saying this shit you know like yeah um but neither of these guys really do that so no um, they're both pretty respectful i think kiesa if he probably has a little more of a chip on his shoulder than than magni does you know kiesa's kind of, you remember that press conference with uh kiesa and the kevin lee kevin lee said something about kiesa's mom and he didn't even say something about kiesa's mom he just basically told Kiesa that uh, like his, his mom will have to watch or something, you know, something. Yeah. I think it was known. Like, isn't Michael Kiesa known for basically having his mom at all his fights? Like kind of thing. Or like, I think well, the I think big thing, known thing, like, you know, he's close with his mom. I mean, well, yeah. When, when Kiesa was on the ultimate fighter, he did there. He was on the season that they did the live fights. That's right. live. Yeah. Um, his dad died during the show. Wow. So, you know, they were, you know, they captured all that. And then he came back, he ends up, ends up winning the show. So, you know, all he has is his mom. He obviously, you know, loves yeah. his mom. I can totally get behind that. But Kevin Lee said something about, about his mom. Yeah, I remember that. And then, but Kiesa fucking worked Lee right over, didn't he? Didn't they fight? They, I think Kiesa put his ass away easy. No, um, fucking Kevin Lee choked him out. Choked Kiesa out? Uh-huh. Yeah. Huh. First okay. round. Yeah. Technical I submission. Put him to sleep. I saw some of Kiesa's highlights today. I thought uh, he's up at welterweight. Maybe that's what I was. I was just looking at the welterweight highlights. I don't even know how he fucking made 155. Did you see him at the weigh-ins? He's today. He's huge, dude. Yeah. He looked fucking dead too. Like I don't. At one. Yeah. Yeah. Like he should be fighting at probably a middleweight well this is he, like his third this is his third welterweight bout right i think or fourth now this will be his oh, fourth yeah. yeah so i mean well he's definitely filled that frame out you know yeah i mean i've i've always been a fan of of kiesa and especially of neil magny i like both dudes a lot um i like the fact that magny you know came off the ultimate fighter he didn't he didn't win the ultimate fighter um But he, you know, he's just a fucking workhorse. He's a guy who just puts in the, the time in the gym. He constantly improves, gets better. Yeah. He, he'll take any fucking fight. And, and, you know, I mean, this dude fought fucking Hector Lombard, you know? Yeah. I mean, he, he has wins over Robbie Lawler. He's got wins over Carlos Condit. This, you know, but nobody ever talks about, I never hear people really getting too excited about, about Neil for whatever reason. I don't it's know. Definitely, yeah. I think it's, it's probably just because he's quiet. He doesn't really. Yeah seem to build much up but i don't think you know given his history i don't think that's really how how his character is built you know i mean if you look at his ufc record though i mean he's only lost he lost to ponzinibbio he's lost to dos anos and damian maya um and a couple 
couple other guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's beat a bunch of big names, and the names that he lost to early on sort of makes sense for an up-and-coming fighter, you know? He so. has a fucking great UFC record, though. Yeah, I totally good. I mean, this is like one of those fights that just kind of have to happen. It's not really built on anything other than they're just sort of eight and yeah. nine, you know? Like, it just they're, they're Right place, right time. They're both close in the rankings. Um, yeah, it's just a fight that, that has to happen. Um, we like I don't know, man. It's a tough one for me to for me to pick. How's Kessa's uh, chin? Kessa, I, th- I I think he has a pretty solid chin. Um, Magni will put it to the test for sure, right? He's he's stri- he's a striker first, I believe. Met, yeah, and he's a volume striker too. Magni will will throw th- like Magni never gets fucking tired. Mm. He'll go. Yeah, and he'll push. He'll push Kessa. Uh, I guess I'll, I I probably have to go with Neil based off that. Um, I, like I think Kiesa probably has an advantage on the ground. Um, Kiesa is maybe a little bit stronger, but I don't know, man. I just how did Neil look at the weigh-ins? Neil looks fine, man. That dude, he's just—if you look up professional in the dictionary, it's it's Neil Magny. Like Kiesa looked. What did he look a little? He looked a little little yeah, or what? I don't know. I mean, I could be wrong, but I thought he look. I watched I the show, but I didn't watch the weigh-ins. I thought he looked pretty drained. Okay. So that to me, I think that means a lot in my opinion. Um, I think people don't invest enough in watching the weigh-in shows when they try to pick fights and you can tell, you know, that's why I've always questioned how the fuck Conor McGregor did what he was doing in the beginning. Cause if you watched him make featherweight back in the day, like, yeah, he looked like a skeleton. You're, you're like, geez, dude. Like, yeah, um, he did not look good. He looked like shit. You know, obviously they could, they, in those days they could pump, IVs and shit in the back. So, I mean, I don't know, man. Crazy, dude. This is, I mean, I don't know. This is like a fucking. It's like a, you know, where are we going to wind up kind of fight card, you know? Like, where are these, where, what? It's like almost going to decide, like, every fight decides the future of a fighter, but I, th- I feel like this card stacks up for like that. Where I feel like this card is going to be a really good card. I think it's going to surprise a lot of people. Yeah, like a sneaky card. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think there's a, th- a thing with that. Like, when you put a lot of fighters that people don't know, they just they perform better for whatever reason, and you just get a really exciting card. Yeah, it's almost like I'm, it's almost like they, they, they're more invested in uh, helping the card stand up. You know, if you're, gonna, if, if you're on a card with McGregor, your Thunder, I don't give a fuck if you knock a dude into the next block. Your Thunder's already stolen, you know? Like yeah. Like, it doesn't matter what happens in that fight. It's just because it's a McGregor fight, it's going to, it's going to overshadow everything else. So I think you got a point there for sure. Yeah, no, I don't I like, I like Neil in this fight though. I think I'm with you. Um, I don't, I, again, I just, I have a hard time getting excited about either of these guys personally, but, um, uh, yeah, Neil doesn't strike me as a type of kid that, uh, wants to, you know, or doesn't even want to flirt with being set back where Kiesa, I think has had that a few times. So, what do you mean? Like Kessa, like I just feel like he'll break before Magni would. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think that I, I could see like Kessa really aggressively going for for a takedown. I I think that if those two end up standing up, Neil's gonna pick him apart. I I just don't think Kessa's stand up is as as good as Neil's. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I just I, I feel uh, I feel that like Neil's gonna win that one. When was the last time we saw Kessa? It's been a while for him, hasn't it? 
Uh, no, he been doing commentary and shit. Like, yeah, he does commentary now. Um, who was his last fight? I think RDA. I think he fought Dos Anjos and beat him. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, they're both on win streaks. You know, both on three fight win streaks. Both Kiesa tapped out Carlos Condit. Neil beat him via decision. Um, Magny's last fight was against Robbie Lawler, and, and he beat beat Robbie in the decision. Hmm. You know they both have uh, they both have wins over uh, a lot of really really good guys. Yeah. I don't know. Final final pick though, I'm going with uh, Neil Magny. Okay, I'm with you. Probably yeah. you got him by decision. Mm, I could see Neil. Uh, I could see Neil stopping stopping Mike. Let me say I'm gonna say yeah fourth round. TKO. I can see that. Yeah. The the longer it goes, the more beneficial for Magni for sure. Yes. Yeah. For yep. sure. So um I would say the first round will be telling if he goes out and like you're saying, if Kessa goes out and looks for that takedown and Magni stops him. Um that's, I'm super excited for this fight though. I am for this one. Uh <laughs> not so much the rest of the card. No, dude. I mean uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I try not to. I'm not like a blockbuster card kind of fan, but um, it's for me. Like, I just don't. A lot of these guys, man, I just don't know them anymore, man. You yeah, know? you just gotta sit down and just enjoy it. You know, just just turn it on, just put your feet up, and uh, and just enjoy the fights. You know, just. So oh, I'm digging this. Like, it's on during the day kind of stuff because I could sit here, work from home, and and just have the fights on. You know. Yeah. It's gonna be dope. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no worries of like having to try to cook dinner in the middle of the fight card and shit. <laughs> I mean, like, like no one wants to be like cooking dinner when the first fight of the main cards on and shit like that. No. Usually happen, that usually happens to me. That's why you just, you'd be like me and you just don't cook. Yeah. Oh, fair. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, when it's on in the morning, it's just, it's not an issue. No, I like that. The UFC is like trying to adapt for their fighters though. You know? That's definitely kind of a. It's kind of a. When you do them overseas like that to to highlight the um, international fighters, which I guess is that's what Yaz Island was really all about, was um, making sure that they could still facilitate international fights because you know obviously they couldn't. Some countries couldn't fly to the U.S. Right, so um, they had to have a place where they could facilitate international bouts. That's really what um, Flight Islands is for. Yeah. You know, I never understood that. Why, why punish the fighters to appease the fans? Um, it doesn't matter. Like the fan, if uh, a real fan will find a way. Well, and okay. So say, say you do, you put on a, a fight to cater to an, an American audience, then you're fucking over the Japanese fans. You're fucking over the Aussies. But if you cater to the Aussie fans, you're fucking over the American fan, you know, like somebody's always going to get punished. So just who gives a shit? what time the fans have to watch the fight, just yeah, cater to the fighters. That's what's important. They're the product, you know? Yes. So, yeah. Like I remember the, I think it was uh, the Gasolum Bisbing fight. Was it Macau? It was like the Macau. That, it was like Macau or Sing, Singapore or some shit. The fight that never, ever should have happened ever. Yeah. But I also didn't, I didn't even watch that card because I remember it, it was like, I don't know if it was in the fucking wee hour. Like they didn't, they're, they must not have been able to set up any of the times or something, but I missed that whole fucking thing. Oh uh, yeah. Where was it? That was in China. Yep. You're right. In Macau. 
Shanghai. Okay. Oh, really? Shanghai. Yeah. Huh. I mean, I don't think. Um, yeah, I don't think they could appease any other fan base but the Chinese with that one. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. You gotta you gotta grow that market, you know. Yeah. So. That's true. But still, man, like the fighters are what's important. You know, they're the ones that have to come out and fight. They're the ones that are putting their fucking bodies and minds and yeah, hearts and souls on the line. Hundred percent. Totally agree. I don't like the, I don't like the idea of them not being. I don't. I've traveled extensively across the Pacific Ocean. You know, for any number of reasons, just from years of being in Japan, whatever. I know what it's like to be jet lagged. I know what it's like to try to adjust the time zones. Like it's not easy. You know, it takes a lot of time and these guys are flying in about a week prior and they're probably on fight night, just starting to get comfortable with time zones. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's not, it's not easy, man, you know, for an athlete that has to perform. So I, I totally agree. I just think it's not fair. You know, what do you think of the poster that they have for this fight for this event? Do you see it? No, all I'm seeing on the on the website here is just the. Uh, oh yeah, they don't show that on the UFC website. You have to go to like the Wikipedia page. It's just Kiesa and Magni. Hold on, let me pull it up. Why? What's up with it? Is it weird? I don't know. I mean, it's it, it has Kiesa on it. It has Magni. It has their names. It, I mean, it's pretty pretty basic uh, fight poster. I kind of like the how they did the. Um, the glow of the names, though. Kind of digging that. Yeah, hold on. I'm trying to get to the UFC Wikipedia here. I can't believe a Wikipedia page pops up for, like, all this shit. Pops up a lot faster than the UFC web, you know, website does. Fucking obviously. Oh, yeah. So, on the website, it's... Um, the same background without the names like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know, man. It's all right. Pretty blah. Pretty vanilla. Yeah. It the the UFC posters don't come anywhere near to as being as cool as the Pride posters were. Pride was the shit, dude. Yeah. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, fighting in the octagon, I think, is way cooler than fighting in a ring in, in like a boxing ring. But um, Pride definitely had some production value. Um where they, they definitely invested in some of the production value, but they still had great fighters. And my favorite prides were the Bushido. Yeah. When they started focusing on some of the lighter fighters. Sure. Yeah. The production value I thought went up. So did you see that, um, that interview that Dan Hooker did not to talk about that fight card too much that's coming up, but Dan Hooker said that then, you know, he previously fought uh, Dustin Poirier. Mm -hmm. Do you know how much, Poirier entered the their, their fight Wayne. What on, on fight the, night? On the night? No, I have no idea. Yeah, it was like he was over 180 pounds. What? Yeah. Get the Isn't that fucking nuts? How much fucking weight you can put back on after? Well, dude. So they used to say they used to say that Tito Ortiz could weigh in at 205 and then be up to like 225 easily on fight night. Mm-hmm. But that means what Poirier's. That's another 10 pounds, right? It's almost, it's almost 30 pounds Dustin put on. That sounds a bit extreme. You think or no? That, they weigh him fight night just to check? No, I don't think so. How would he know that then? 
Um, oh man, I guess I do. Yeah, I think. Well, I don't think um, the UFC does in any official capacity, do no, they? I think, they I, th- I, mean, I think Hooker asked like some some commissioner or something like that. What what Dustin weighed in at fight night? That's fucking impressive. Yeah, I mean, you've seen Poirier though. Like that dude's he's fucking thick. He he's definitely thick. He is a big. Uh, he fought at 145 pounds too. That's what's that's what's surprising. Yeah, that's where he and Connor first. Right. First met. Well, um, I know Connor filled out. Uh, here we are. I mean, we're talking about it, but <laughs> maybe wait on it. But yeah, that's that's a lot of weight, dude. Yeah. Okay, we'll save it for save it for another they, podcast. So in the beginning of when the UFC was really hyped up and and um, weight became a, an issue, they always said Tito Ortiz, for whatever reason, just had it figured out. The weight cutting. Yeah, he was way better at it than other people, and like he was way better at reconstituting into the fight night. Well, it's that wrestling background, right? Yeah. I, you gotta, you gotta, it has to be. obviously everybody's body is going to react a little differently, but I mean, they, they just said Tito, Tito was, uh, at that era and that time was bar none apart from everybody. Sure. Just how he could, he could, uh, re, you know, sort of refeed, rehydrate and come in and just be a fucking beast. And yeah, it, that's not surprising to me. His ground and pound, um, style back then definitely would suggest that, you know, it, he needed to be big and thick and heavy on fight night. Yep. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's they. Those guys were. I'm sure they've uh, changed quite a bit in how they uh, sort of industry wide how they cut weight now. Rather than those guys were doing straight up sauna type shit, you know. I mean, Tito obviously must have had something else, but if you if you remember watching like the original, oh, I saw something on social media, dude. Like they showed the original cast of. The ultimate fighter, because I think it's been. Oh yeah, Dana. Dana said something. I think. I don't know. 16, 16 years or something like that. Sixteen years. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We were both in Japan when that. You know, when that first. What was it? I two? don't even. Yeah, I didn't even watch that that season live. I don't think. I think I started. I think I borrowed the the box set, the DVD box set from somebody. You may have borrowed it from me. I'm. I pro- I, yeah, I probably I definitely did. own it. But so, you and I were talking about the UFC, and I remember you remember AFN was like two weeks behind. Yeah. So I actually have no idea if I watched that live or not. Mm-hmm. Me and uh, you remember Tony Johnston, like we um, just randomly threw that shit on and I saw the fucking Griffin Bonner fight, dude. I saw mm-hmm. history, like history in the making. Mm-hmm. Probably two weeks behind. I have no idea. But uh, they did more. That fight, I think, has done more for the sport than they even really give it credit, in my opinion. No, I mean, I think there's a general consensus, right? That. Stefan and Bob. Well, it's, a, it's, it's definitely a Hall of Fame fight, but I mean, I just think there's an underlying current there. Because um, you could argue, like, well, Tito was a part of the sport and Chuck was doing really well. And those guys became stars, but I still don't think. Um, I just think that fight was sort of. The, that fight came at the per- absolute perfect time yeah, it's like for a, the UFC, right? It was just a fucking perfect storm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Those guys went on to have pretty solid careers, too. Obviously, Griffin yeah. became a champion. I mean, yeah, Griffin had a had a good career. Stefan Bonner, you know, I mean, he tested positive for fucking steroids. I think a couple times, and I think at least twice, right? Yeah, after the second Forrest fight, and then I think after uh, the Anderson Silva fight. Yeah, I know, like he, he, if I remember correctly, uh, it's no excuse, but he was taking uh, stuff to try to help him heal. So he wasn't quite like a. Well, I guess obviously it's all performance enhancing, but. He was looking for the he was looking for the healing attributes rather than the 
bigger muscles or any or cut up muscles or any of that shit. So I don't know. I remember watching that Anderson's the Bonner and Anderson Silva fight thinking like Stefan looked kind of roided out. Yeah. In that fight. Yeah. I mean, they say you can recognize it. And um, they said a lot of fighters like Tim Kennedy is a huge advocate of saying like, when you touch a guy, you can just tell, you know? Oh, really? Yeah. I guess obviously as fighters, they're going to know, you know, when it just feels different. Sure. Um, yeah. He, he would say like, yeah, you could, when you would, when you'd start grappling or sparring or training with people, when you touch them, you could just feel it. You just knew that they were, they were juiced up. Huh? So I don't know, man. I, I mean, I wouldn't, I don't know. I know um, some people can tell by their bodies and stuff, but I see Vitor's back on uh, the TRT. Where is he? Is he? He's not on the UFC roster anymore, is he? No, I think he signed with One FC. Huh? Where's One FC out of? One FC. One. one just one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One. Sorry, I, for whatever reason, I I heard the number in my head. Like what? You know, not rather than seeing O N E. Oh yeah, they're just one championship he, now, right? If he signed with, if he signed with them, the TRT probably won't be an issue for him. They don't, no, they don't fucking drug they test. They don't test much out there. They They're like pride. They want you to yeah. be as fucking juiced up as possible. Right. Pride never tested for anything. No. Until they came to the States. And that's why. Um, <laughs> but sort of, yeah. But I mean, I think their, you know, their promotion sort of fell apart after that. You know, obviously. Well, I mean, the history says it did, but I don't know if it was just because what do they do? I think they were able to do two events in the States. Yeah. Pride uh, 32, I think was their debut. And then. 33 maybe 34 was where was that one i think about, it was i think it was 34 they were both i, I feel 34 like. was in japan 33 was in the u.s so 33 was gomi and uh nick diaz okay yeah diaz popped for dope on that one marijuana yeah they said that was performance enhancing god damn that was a good card though it was 33 you don't feel pain the same they said back then <laughs> Oh. Can you imagine being that fucking high? And well, they, said, they said he had enough in him where he was likely high during the fight, right? Yeah, yeah. That's why he could eat that fucking Hadouken punch from Gomi and uh, stay conscious. What a fucking nut, man. Yeah. yeah. How crazy is that? I could not imagine. Uh, Didn't, he win it? Didn't he win that shit with Gogo via yeah, Gogo well, Plata? Yeah, you yeah. never see that. You never see the Gogo. Gomi gassed out and then shot him for a takedown and Nick Diaz Gogo'd him. Dude, like, I mean, there's probably, I bet, um, mainstream MMA, you could probably count on one hand how many guys have been put away with a go-go. I think Brad Imes, who was a heavyweight uh, competitor on The Ultimate Fighter, has won via go-go plata like two times. <laughs> That's sick. He's like, he's like six, seven or something like that. Well, almost. so for a while, they were saying the Von Flu choke was one of the craziest things, right? But it, yeah. But I think uh, St. Peru pretty much, you know, he's, he's fucking Von flu quite a few guys so yeah. some of these like mysterious submissions that some dudes are just fucking super good at but the go-go in my opinion sort of rises above because it's fucking super weird right like like leg over the shoulder and then on the chin or on the throat the- basically like you know what i mean like super strange and i can yeah, it's a very weird like, one i could just see like a dude being super stoned and totally working his way into it you know? <laughs> look at uh Eddie Bravo, man. Like uh, they say a lot of his, his, uh, rubber guard and, and a lot of his philosophies on, ju- I mean, Joe Rogan wrote the forward for the 10th planet jujitsu book. Like he's like, we get high and we do shit, you know, like <laughs> they, they figure things out like weird shit, you know? Um, so yeah, man, interesting, but yeah, now it's totally legit. You can just fucking smoke weed and half slicers. Another weird submission. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah or, or the twister too. Twisters. Not one you're going to see very often. No. And then I think the funniest one that some people just can't handle the pain is like just a basic can opener <laughs> when you can trap them and pull them. Oh. It doesn't happen often, but and, and like, when it does, they usually get made fun of, but it's fucking super painful. It's like the old Dan Severn uh, yeah. choke. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder, I wonder what, um, what marijuana, what the effects will be like. I mean, I know a lot of the guys, uh, they smoke weed after the fact because one, obviously they're not going to train anymore. It's almost like having an alcohol a drink of alcohol, but it helps with the heat, with the swelling and stuff is what a lot of people say. Yeah. I mean, that's what Nate Diaz says as far as CBD goes. I think, well, I think recovery, I think medically it, you know, there's definitely some, some pain relief and some swelling and sure. And, yeah. You know, I'm sure there's, there's a reason I'm surprised that those guys are willing to sacrifice the cardio, you know, because they, you know, it sounds like a lot of them smoke weed quite often. Yeah, I guess it depends, you know, how they, how they take it. Right. I mean, if they're doing edibles or that's, that's a fair point. Yeah. You know, I wonder, I just wonder what, what, what impact is it going to have on the sport? You know, I mean, I mean, I think that if you're taking like one little hit, you know, after a training session and just getting, you know, you know, if you're not, if you're not, as long as you're not doing fucking bong reps for three hours straight, (laughs) right. You're probably going to be okay. Yeah, right. I wonder. I, I mean, I don't think. I mean, I'm sure. Like when they know they they're not going to have a fight for a while, they probably party a little bit. But um, I don't think. Yeah, I doubt many of them are like really ripping it. Like you might think. Usually, when you hear someone smokes weed, a lot of people are would tend to be like, "Oh man, he must be fucking high all the time." Yeah, that might not be the case. Obviously, you know, because like the Diaz brothers, dude, are like they're like fairly elite triathletes. You know, like they do. Oh yeah. I mean, they do some when they're not fighting. They do some pretty intense stuff so i mean i can't imagine like smoking weed all the time really benefits them in that way yeah i don't know and you know marijuana is going to affect every person differently um i bet you sugar uh sean o'malley i bet you he gets fucking baked all the time well it's kind of annoying and for him it's got to be annoying because he's been suspended for it twice now i think hasn't he for weed uh yeah maybe so but now it's now they're not even right i mean it's it's good to go, right? You can you can use marijuana. Well, yeah, but I mean, then look at a guy, you know, because that that six submission Gogo Plata that fucking Diaz threw on Gomi got vacated. You know, he yeah. technically have that win. Everybody yeah. knows he beat him, but on his record, you know, it's vacated. So they go back and overturn that. I doubt there's any retroactive stuff. I'm just saying it's you know it's just annoying. Yeah, none of that shit's gonna happen. But I don't know, man. All right, man. Well, this is on early tomorrow, so um, it, I'll actually be putting this episode out. Um, probably during the fights in the morning. So, or maybe, yeah, maybe I could drop it out tonight. I'll try to get it out tonight. But most people would be listening to it during the fights. It's an interesting kind of time. Do you get metrics on like how many people are listening? Yeah. Yep. Most people are, most people know I'm, I'm not really pushing content at the moment. Yeah. So we had, um, 30, 30, I think 40 hits on, on the first one. Yeah. And, but it's not a conventional podcast, so yeah, um, it may grow over time, but that's kind of why I want to do it on my vent channel, you know, what yeah. I mean? before, um, just so I can gauge the level of interest compared to the other episodes. Yeah. I know my dad's listening to it. Shout yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, he definitely, he, um, shout out to old man, Mike. Yeah. He, uh, he set me up before. 
Has he? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I follow we're we're homies on Facebook. Oh my god. I think just, uh just after after the first or second episode that you came on the bat, he was like, Yeah. Hey, hey good episode. And I was and I I mean it was I don't know if it was your brother. I don't I don't like tr- I don't go snooping at pics and stuff. Sure, yeah. Mike Meyer and, and he's like, Coincidentally, Robert's my I was like, Yeah, man, he's good shit. Like he totally came to my wedding and yada yada. He's like, well, coincidentally, he's my son. I'm like, oh, <laughs> but you know, because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I, yeah. I, I didn't really know who it was. It could have been your uncle for all the fuck I know. I'm just like, sure, yeah, yeah. But, yeah shout out to shout out to Mike. <laughs> he's a good good dad, good old man, hard worker. Yeah, football fan, is he? He's a he loves fucking sports, man. Yeah. Football, baseball. He's not really big into basketball, but big baseball, big football fan big golf golf fan too you guys would that's my guy you guys would be able to talk a lot about golf yeah yep i love golf dude i know you do i built a non-profit for it my man there you go uh, all right buddy yeah so i'll push this out first thing um we'll get it out there but i look forward to it dude and um i don't know do you tend to stay up late and move in kind of thing or what uh no I'm, I'm i mean i'm I, I really don't sleep a whole lot i don't i don't feel i, I mean i usually average between five and six hours a night i think um, yeah. all right well, i'll hit you up in the morning man i don't expect right. response because obviously you're taking care of the taking care of little dude and shit so um, oh i'll be up though okay all right man I'll be, uh i'll be monitoring the shit show tomorrow could be a day tomorrow <laughs> tomorrow it's, it's it's possible tomorrow's a day for the books when uh, are you are you guys doing doing another shit show podcast tomorrow? Oh no, I just mean literally. It's gonna it's the inauguration. It's gonna be a fucking shit show. Oh yeah, I just mean the world. You know, life as we know it in America is gonna dramatically change tomorrow. So you think anything fucked up is gonna happen tomorrow? Dude, I I really hope not. Um, I'm not gonna air this. I'll just edit it out and we'll we'll sign off. Yeah, yeah, I really hope not. Um, but there's enough to suggest that. It, so, something something could man yeah huh so, uh i'll be on eggshells all fucking day because it's yeah <laughs> i don't know man it's like i said it's just a whole rat's nest of fucking stupid people that don't really um they're all opportunists you know what i mean they don't they don't actually believe in anything that's the scary part yeah like yeah i don't know man i don't even you, you you're you're a cop dude you know how it is man sure yeah there's there's criminals with codes where you almost have like a some semblance of respect for him. Mm-hmm. And there's just a complete, n- a whole nother level of just complete trash that like <laughs> it has nothing, you know, they have nothing like, um, they're in these groups, but they would fucking cut, cut and run on each other and sh- or dime. You know what I mean? Like it's there's no, lo- yeah, no loyalty, zero loyalty even to themselves. It's just yeah. there because it's, they, it's opportunist. Yeah. They just have some weird unfulfilled need, you know? So I don't know, man. And those people are fucking, it, those people are bad, but then there's the lone actors too. And on days like this, those guys are really, really hard to track. Yeah. Um, and based on what happened at the U S Capitol on the sixth, a lot of these guys went underground and like, I can't. So on Facebook right now, I actually can't because of my, my personal account, I've been flagged so many times. Um, I'm, I guess they flagged me as conservative. So I can't like, I can't start a group posting a group. You know, I can't even communicate like Hack Daniels Media. I can't. I can't uh, post like this. Uh, this uh, podcast. I mm-hmm. can't actually post it to the groups 
um, that I would normally post it to because they've restricted me until after the inauguration. So the, like you can say that censorship, but it's also from a law enforcement and security perspective, it's genius because it's going to prevent a lot of, you know, a lot of people try to order sure. Facebook. It's just an easy tool. Yeah. So, um, you think I'm, that's why Twitter and all that shit? That's, uh, that's, uh, well, that's not, that's why they, they shut Trump down because they were yeah. afraid, you know, there's some real, some real stuff there, but obviously they, those companies like that lean left. So you yeah. can, you can easily make an argument for both, you know, but yeah. I don't, I don't fucking think Jack Dorsey cares about, you know, the security of the white house or some shit. Mm. Like, I don't think, you, you know, he's an ideologue, you know, but if you look at it from like a security perspective, like we often would, it's actually, it makes a lot of sense because Trump has definitely got um, a pocket of push button followers, you know, where yeah. if he says something, they'll listen. Yep. You know, so when, when people say that, you know, there's some hardcore Trumpers out there that are cult-like, it's not exactly wrong. You don't like to hear it because they try to say all 74 million of us are, but that's, uh, you know, I don't know, man. It's fucking crazy times we're living in, bro. I'm just not, I'm just going to focus on the UFC card. That's all I care about tomorrow. So that's exactly why I'm <laughs> more excited about doing episodes like this. Um, and less of, you know, we'll do the shit shows and stuff and, do some reactionary things, but I'm going to try to be less, um, less involved with mm. politics and stuff because it just, it's really fucking with my mental health. If you ask me. Yeah. So. Yeah, man. All right, dude. I'll, uh, like I said, I'll punch this out though, man. We'll, uh, and then we'll check, uh, obviously we have one more card in January and yep. we'll see what February looks like. But, you know, at some point, you and I are going to have to um, go to an event, right? Together. Yeah, when fucking COVID's done. <laughs> we have to make that work. Uh, also, I want real quick. I want to give Kyle Stewart a shout out. January thirtieth, dude, he's got a fight. It's outside. UFC, outside. It's outside. He was fighting. His last fight was in LFA, um, but he couldn't get one. Um, it's a live free stream. Hold on, let me let me search him so I can tell exactly what it is but it's a different promotion he uh kyle's a banger man and he's filling out at 185 so i think people are slightly scurred xmma is this uh it's stewart versus curtis i gotta look into more into this kid that he's fighting but uh talking with kyle a little bit that uh, he you know he's really gracious with his time um he'll chat with me a little bit he's definitely filling out at 185 and um just really coming along, you know, the way that he wants. He's one of those guys that had to cut a lot of weight to fight at 170. That's where he fought yeah. UFC, and I think it affected him. And I think he knows it. So now, rather than you know dieting and cutting weight, like he's taking his ass to the squat rack, you know, like filling out, getting big, and um, yeah, like I said, man, he's he's been gracious with his time and just a cool dude, you know. Guy's fighting pretty good record, 22 and eight. Um, a lot PFL veteran. Okay. Um, so the, I think, uh, Kyle's goal is to get an offer from a bigger promotion after this one. Yeah. So, and I think, I think he'll be due for it, especially fighting at 185. I did, uh, the last episode I did with him, he, uh, he called a couple shots, man. He's like, I'll fucking fight to my <laughs> fuck. He wants to fight Vanderford too. That fucker that, uh, I don't know much about. I think he's, he, he's bouncing around maybe from 170 to 185, but Paige Van Zandt's husband, he's a good fighter. Um, He's a Bellator guy, though. So, 
We'll see where see where the chips fall. I didn't realize she had a husband. Yeah, she does. Um, see what she's got a bare knuckle fight coming up. Austin Vandeford. Yeah, so Kyle Kyle's like, I'll fucking fight that dude. <laughs> is he a douchebag douche or something? Yeah, he's, I mean, I think he's got a decent name. I think, especially in Bellator, he's been he's been cleaning some dudes out. Oh fuck, man, he's four and zero in Bellator. Yeah. Fucking hey, make it happen. Big strong banger, man. But uh, and he's a ginger. Kyle's a ginger too. So shout out to the gingers, dude. Kyle, well, you know what Kyle is? Is a fucking warrior, man. You know, he's a fucking what was he? He was a machine gunner, right? Yeah, three time Afghan Batman. I mean, you know, he's yeah. just a warrior in every sense of the word. Powerful beard on a sure dog uh, fighter profile picture. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I said, man, it's just like he's super gracious with his time, though. You know, he's he uh he he always reps the Marine Corps when he goes. He carries a flag with him. And like, he just hasn't forgotten where he came from, you know, and, and it shows in his actions, not just, you know, he doesn't just say that. Like if I reach out to him, he'll, he'll message me back, you know, um, you it, don't see too many other fighters, um, who are Marine vets, like, you know, boast about it, you know, or, or display it, you know, come out and yeah, it's part of the Marine Corps. Well, he just feels like, he, you know, like a lot of us, he feels like everything he does, he carries it with him, man. Yeah. He carries us with him. And, you know, when obviously when we see that, we all win, lose, or draw, man, we're going to, we're going to, you know, support him. But, yeah. Uh, he, you know, as good a fighter as he is, man, it seems to me like he's an even better dude. So just shout out to him, man. I just, he's, uh, it, you know, the COVID for a guy like Kyle, man, he, he almost lost his career because of COVID, you know, because these smaller promotions, like, mm-hmm. they don't make a lot of money, dude. And they got to mm-hmm. work, you know, and train and fight. And, you know, um, a lot of the guys in the UFC have made it. So they're making money, you know? Yep. You know, the f- smaller promotions don't pay that much. And when there's no crowds, they get paid even less. Yeah. And then plus if you're, you know, a, a big name in the UFC, you can do fucking seminars and all this other shit, you know, sponsorships with, uh, yeah. companies and whatnot. Yeah. But I mean, w- once they pay their gym fees and they pay their managers and all that stuff, like you'd be surprised, you know, I don't know all the numbers, but it gets whittled away pretty quick, you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, he's making it, man. He's, he's in the grind and, you know, it sounded like there for a couple of minutes, he, he was thinking about being f- almost forced into retirement. You know, it's not like he's, he's not a super young, he's not crazy old either, but there was no end in sight there for a while with COVID. We didn't really know what was going to happen for the smaller promotion. So yeah, it's just good to see him fighting again, man. I hope he gets, I hope he clears this kid out and gets the offer. Oh. He's for, man. My fight's coming up soon, January 30th. Yeah. So, um, it's going to stream live XMMA. So everybody check it out. Um, I'll find a way to probably, I'll make sure I'm promoting it on our social media and stuff. So, Oh shit. That's actually, that's a, looking at that car. That's a good car. That's you got a lot of UFC vets on there. Kyle Bachniak's fighting on that one. James Vick is headlining it. James Vick. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. What's he fighting at? Welterweight still? Uh, doesn't, doesn't say. Yeah. But uh yeah, that that looks like a pretty good card. I just love fights, man, especially when I have a connection to somebody, so I'm going to watch it. But, especially when they're free too. I mean, yeah, you can't yeah. pass a free MMA, right? Never. All right, bud. Uh take take care, man. I'll uh like I said, I'll let you know when I push this out and um if you're up, message me during the fights, bro. All right, we'll do.